Welcome to 519 Connect, where the Windsor Police Service connects with members of our community. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. All right, welcome to 519 Connect. I'm your host, Constable Jamie Ajete Nelson with the Windsor Police Diversity Officer from Community Service. And today we have Renaldo Agostino from Ward 3, freshly inaugurated with uh, the City of Windsor. Welcome. I get a tag now too. I get to be Counselor Ronaldo Agostino now. <laughs> so I get something in front of my name as well. Not as prestigious as Constable, but I'll take it. Oh, don't you worry. You're going to be getting that work just like a constable, <laughs> all right? The community is going to be calling you, and uh, which they should. Yeah, you put your name in the hat. You're here. You know, I, I work downtown, so you know, I saw you walking around, talking to the community, letting them know what you wanted to do. But uh, before we get there, let's talk about some history behind you. Uh, just the other day, we were at uh, the coffee shop. Um, I found out uh, not Windsor-born, correct? Toronto-born, Six. All right, the six. Talk about that and how you got here. I grew up in uh, downtown Toronto, um, Dovercourt and Bloor area, Dovercourt Park, uh, many, many moons ago. And uh, when I was 18 years old, I wanted to get out of the hood. Uh, you can't call it a hood no more, but back then in the 80s and the 90s, downtown Toronto was a hood. And I uh, had an opportunity to come to school here at the University of Windsor. And... Um, Packed my bags, and here I am. Came down here with my twin brother and uh, went to the U and never left. Yeah, you know what? I, I understand it. I grew up in Toronto as well. Uh, the Finch Corridor from uh, Islington and Finch uh, right down to Jane and Finch. So that was an area. Um, it was an area lacking services. I, I, don't, I don't like to call it a hood. There was just things that was needed, as, as you could see now that you're a counselor. The, you know, your community needs certain things. Uh, then you came down, you became a Lancer. All right. What, what did you study at, uh, at uh, Windsor? Communication studies. I graduated from communication studies program in 2000, 99, 2000. And, um, you know, I was DJing in the clubs. I was a DJ and um, I got an offer to go work for, I'll never forget, I got an offer to go work for Virgin Records in Toronto, which uh, due to the collapse of the record industry, I know I made a good decision. <laughs> and uh, they offered me $35,000 to move back home. And I was like, I'm making more than 35 grand now here and I don't have to live at home, you know? So I was like, and I love Windsor, you know what I mean? Me and my brother both loved Windsor and uh, we were DJing in this club called Wired at the time. And it was, you know, we were, geez, we were doing 2000 people in there a night and it was just, Windsor was just a different place at the time. And it was, uh, it was great. It was phenomenal and we loved it. And so we stayed, you know, and, uh, kids now and house now and job now and, Businesses now, and now I'm um, I'm more associated with Windsor than I'm with Toronto, but I still wear. Oh, you can't forget where you came from. Yeah, you got there. Where I you came got... from, and I don't forget where I am. So, I'm um, I love it here. I love I love this city, and I want to try and do whatever I can to make it better. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not even that it grows on you. You you grow with it, right? You you've seen it. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say we're dating ourselves talking about Wired, but uh, that 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 was a a way back when the downtown uh, was vibrant. You know. Um, you know, with the, even the cross-border, um, the city itself, and just the way things were, it was a lot easier to move around um, everywhere. But then, you know, things happened. You know, the world evolves. Um, you know, 9-11 was big, and that affected that. Um, you know, bylaws and things like that affected change. I mean, um, some of it for, for the good, some of it for safety reasons. Um, and then the city changes, and then COVID, right? That yeah. just gave it a, a, another blow to 
to Windsor, not just the downtown, but, you know, like you said, you, you talk about being downtown and everything you've done and the way you've seen it grown. So is that what kind of made you want to jump in and get connected with? Because you're a businessman, right, as well? And you're also a resident of the area. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I've worked with so many different, I'm lucky because I've worked with so many different partners in the city, you know, because I do events too. And part of my company is I do events and I've started doing these big concerts with the university 15 years ago where we would rent out the festival plaza at the river. Yep. And I, you know, when you, when you're doing something on that scale where you're talking in the, you know, for Vichy, we had 10,000 people. And I started getting introduced to the city, the way the city works, going into meetings with the police chief and EMS and uh, city hall. And I started incorporating my life into that and I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, I'd go to these meetings and, I'd bring up these ideas of different things I'd wanted to do, and I found that uh, a lot of the people at the table were very receptive to my ideas. And I was like, you know, maybe I got something here. Maybe it's something I want to do. And you know, it just kept sticking with me and sticking with me and sticking with me. And then, you know, I uh, election was coming, and I always had it in the back of my mind. So I decided to run. And you know, I tell people, I've been tr- what I do. But the only thing I'm really good at is helping people. Mm. I've been helping people for 33 years since I got here. Now, sometimes I get paid to help people, and sometimes I don't get paid to help people. But that's really what I do, you know, and I help people. I help people with their business. I help people with events. I help people at a boxing gym. I help people all over the place. And that's why I feel that uh, I can really make a lot of significant change in this job because it's all about helping people, you know what I mean, on every level, you know, from uh, a sewer to um, needing more of a police presence to, uh, you know, just the little things and the big things, it just, it's all about helping people. And that's, that's what, what I really want to do. Yeah. Sounds like uh, kind of why I got into policing, right? There's different ways you can help people. And sometimes they, you know, in the uniform or whatever, they think there's only one way to rest and do this. But, you know, you know like meeting you, working with uh, residents, community partners, and, uh, you know, doing it in a different way. Like you say, presence, right? Um, our presence has to be a little bit different as, as police officers. So you, there's different ways, different levels to do that. And um, it seems like you're doing that um, through, like you said, you're getting paid for it through the university, through the, the city, through being an owner, like you're you're intertwined in the city. And you, you talk about boxing. Uh, is it a hobby? One of the things you do? Like, how, how are you involved with that? Well, I'm the executive director at Border City Boxing Club on Drulard Road. Mm. I also um, am a coach. I'm a level two coach. And... Uh, I used to be, full disclosure, there's a police officer named Jeff Danby. I was his punching bag for many years. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he used to beat me up on a regular basis. But, uh, yeah, I'm a volunteer executive director at Border City Boxing. I'm a coach. I'm coaching tonight. And it's, it's, um, it's community work is what it is. You know, it's not a boxing gym. I don't look at it as a boxing gym. I look at it as, as a hub for people, especially in that neighborhood, that need support. And for kids that are looking to get off the street, and for not just for to get into shape, but to it's it's a it's an outlet for anger. It's an outlet for community. It's an outlet for teamwork. You know, it, it means I see the significance the significance of it so much. And you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in a boys and girls club. I I grew up at Dovercorp Boys and Girls Club uh, on Westmoreland. Me and my brother uh, and my sister come from a single parent family. And if it wasn't for the boys and girls club, we would have been nothing. You know what I mean? So as soon as I saw the opportunity to jump in. You know, my best friend is Josh Canty. He's, he runs the club. He owns the club. And, you know, I, as soon as I saw the opportunity to, to help, and I, they really needed help at the time when I got in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible the relationships you build and the, 
the situations you put in and you, you know you, you really see in many different ways the payoff you know and what's the yeah. payoff what's the payoff what do you see and, and and it's interestingly enough when i was first working in the bars in the late 90s i uh uh, we had this incredible off-duty policing program that I always talk about. But it's funny how things come full circle. You know, I had this off-duty police officer that was working with us. His name was Kevin Trudell, and he was the head of the um, undercover police. And Kevin, uh, you know, great, great man, and did a great, great job. And through the years, we always stayed in touch every now and then. And then all of a sudden, Kevin calls me up one day. He says, uh, I have my grandson who wants to get into boxing. And uh, can you help him out? We're trying to get him in a gym, but none of the gyms want to take him. You know, like he had a little bit of an attitude as a young kid. Yeah, what kid doesn't though, right? Yeah, he had a little bit of an attitude. Jaden did, and uh, you know, and and nobody really wanted to touch him. But you know, because I had this great relationship with Kevin for all these years, um, I said, sure, we'll bring him in. And then Jaden, um, he got beat up real bad uh, in an alley, something just at the beginning. You know, I don't, I don't know the exact details, circumstances yeah. of what happened, but. It was in the paper. It was big news. And, uh, you know, the kid never gave up. And we never gave up on him. And just this past weekend, he became the provincial champion. And this guy is tough. He beat up, you know, 18 years old. He beat up um, in the semifinals in Brampton. He beat up a guy with 90 fights, uh, two years older than him. And then in the finals, he beat up a 20-year-old man with over 100 fights. Yeah. And he's now going to the National Canadian Championships. So it's, it's stuff like that, you know, like um, meeting people, helping people, developing relationships, relationships with people. Sometimes it takes 25 years for the payoff. But that relationship with Kevin was 25 years ago when I first met him standing at the front doors of Windsor Music Cafe. You know, and now all of a sudden his grandson is, is taking my gym to the national championships. You know, who could have imagined? And that's, that's Windsor, you know what I mean? That's, that's the Windsor hustle. That's the relationships that you get to build here and that's that's a payoff you know so i'm i'm really proud of the gym and i'm really proud of Jaden and you know even kevin you know like he's always around always helping out and you know and that's a, a relationship that got developed with an off-duty police officer yeah and that's a uh, big picture like people don't see that like you said it could take 25 years right but if you have a, your foundation of your program is to develop people um you know like you said not necessarily for port, sports but, you know, like you said, your fighter, mentally he was coming in some, with something, and you, you built on that. So he's a mentally tough kid, right? Like you said, he never, he never gave up. And you, and you see something like that. When we talk about providing opportunity, mm. once you do that, you give anyone the chance to flourish. And that's the same with the community. It's opportunity. It's changed that, that different lens, right? All those other places couldn't see that, but you looked at it from something different, from your background. You know, like you said, single-parent home, um, the Boys and, and Girls Club in Toronto, and, and how support can really make change in a person, but that person's also part of that community, so you're doing change in the community. And like you said, you had a police officer who was in that community years later. You just don't know. I always tell people, they think when we're police officers, we're just police officers, and like we don't, uh, we're not able to be different than that. Mm -hmm. And I like how you brought that back around, and I imagine you're going to bring that into what you're doing as a counselor. Yeah, and it's, it's not just that. It's not just that, you know, we didn't give up on Jaden. And I think sometimes... Um, people think that there's a, you know, you can just push something under the couch. You know what I mean? That a oh, bad kid, just we'll try and get rid of him, move him somewhere, or ignore him. But you know, Jaden's a perfect example of a kid who just was all heart, all intensity, and listen, I'm not gonna 
pumped his kid's tires because he's still got some issues me and him got to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who doesn't, right? <laughs> right? I don't want to pump his tires too much. But when he first joined the gym, he had an attitude problem, you know? But he just needed to figure out where to take that energy yes. and where to put it. And he's figured it out now. Mm. You know, you talk to him now to where when you talked to him three years ago, it's like you're talking to a different human being. And that's a, a clear sign that supporting kids and finding a way and just working through issues and, and having faith is going to solve the problems. Not, you know, get lock them up. You know, that's yeah. the thing. It's, and and, and you just, you're just you never going to solve the problem that way. And, you know, Jaden's a perfect example. Not, I'm not saying he was in any criminal activity, but <laughs> just, you know, he's, 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 he's a, an inspiration to everybody of what hard work will do. And he, that kid put in the work. Yeah. Uh, he put in the work. So. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know we're Border City brothers. You know how? I'm a Border City Athletic Club, track club. So say different right. names but similar ideas, right? Yes. Giving those kids um, opportunities as uh, as coaches. like, And it's consistency, right? You show up there for that kid. Yep. And when they don't show up and you call, up, you call them up and you say, I'm here for you, show up. And yep. like you said, that changes over time. And uh, they're, they're just able to grow. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're just waiting to figure out where the national championships are going to be in. You know, this kid could be an Olympian. You know what I mean? Yes. From from being on the cover of the paper three years ago by getting beat up in an alley in school to being on Team Canada is going to be massive. There's a story. We call that the origin story for all you people who are uh, DC or uh, Marvel. Oh, you got to go there. Hi, my name is Ed Armstrong. I'm the Inspector of Professional Advancement with the Windsor Police Service. With this position, I oversee our training branch, community services, as well as recruitment. As you know, Windsor is one of the most diverse communities in Canada. With that being said, our goal is to ensure that our police service represents our community. If you know anyone from your community that believes in our core values and will be an asset to our organization and serve the community with honor and service, the Windsor Police Service is currently accepting applications for the position of cadet. We encourage you to have them apply. Although patrol and ensuring the safety of our community is our number one priority, the Windsor Police Service offers different departments that may interest you. To name a few, our Major Crimes Branch, our Forensic Identification Unit, Emergency Services Unit, and our Marine Unit. Which one interests you? So you want to know how to become a cadet? Simply visit our website at windsorpolice.ca under the Career tab or visit oacpcertificate.ca. I'm sitting at my desk waiting to see your application. So let's talk about, you know, your outlook for the community, right? You're going to impact, you know, Ward 3, but I'm sure you, as a person, like you said, you wanted to help everyone. How's that going to filter out? And what's what's something initiative? You know, we want to do it all. What's something that you're really big on? You know, I, I, for me, it, uh, one of the things I'm really big on is 
it's always difficult to talk about because you know some people get mad at it, at it and say you you know you're doing downtown a disservice, and some people say you know admitting the problems is the first step to solving the problems. But I, I really want to make people feel safer downtown, mm-hmm. and for some reason every time I bring that up, people feel that it's like you know I'm, I'm attacking a homeless person. You know, I mean they kind of take that narrative and they think that there's a correlation between um, making downtown feel safe and homeless people. There's not. You know, it's two totally different issues. When I speak of downtown safety, I speak of some of the stuff I see down there and some of the stuff, the potential stuff I see down there because, you know, downtown, being downtown for 30, 33 years probably, I've been standing on that corner. And we always go in these waves. You know, things are going really, really good and then somebody gets shot or somebody gets stabbed and things got, don't go back down again. The narrative, you know, as, as much as people want to see good things happen, the truth is if it bleeds, it leads. You know, and mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's tasty, the, the news is going to report on it. Yep. So I have a lot of ideas to help with those situations. And it's daytime, it's nighttime, it's the same problem on a Monday night to the same problem on a Saturday night. You know, there's a lot of things that I think we used to do in the past um, that some people just don't even remember. And that's how long I've been around. I've been around, you know, I worked with geez, Gary Williams, Mark Denonville, like, I, like, I've been around 30 years, so I, I saw things, especially in the 90s. You know, I think we had a really good system, and it fell apart for various reasons. You know, but we kind of, I feel that we kind of dropped it all together, and I want to bring some of that back. And what I'm referring to is off-duty policing. You know, I look at police officers. I'm, I'm a very pro-police kind of guy. And listen, you guys got the worst job in the city, or sorry, the hardest job in the city, I now have the second hardest job in the city. <laughs> so, I get what it's like because I remember working with police officers before there was cell phones. You know what I mean? When I started at the music cafe, people had blackberries. You know what I mean? And oh, there yeah. was no there Two was ways. No, yeah, there was no <laughs> there was no uh, cameras on phones. And uh, now you guys are always being criticized and watched. And you know it's it's uh, and, and in, in a sense I am now too, right? And um, I just, I see so much opportunity to not just police, but to mentor. You know, I I tell people, and I've been telling people during my campaign, um, that Windsor had community policing before the term even existed. Because I saw it, and I saw it work with my very own eyes. You know, I would be at a bar with a police officer, and we always had the same ones, and they always took really good care. Um, But they weren't police officers. They were almost like mascots. So when you saw these 19-year-old kids come in the club, at first they would see a police officer standing at the front door and they'd shy away. You know what I mean? They'd shy away and say, oh, there's a police officer. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And the second time they'd show up and, you know, the police officer would still be there and nothing bad happened. You know what I mean? They'd look at the police officer and say, okay. Third time they show up, they see one of their boys is talking to the police officer and they'd be like, you know that guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. his name is Kevin. By the fourth or fifth time, now all of a sudden you're talking to the police officer. Now you've de- developed this relationship with the police officer. Now you're never going to do anything wrong in there because you know you know. He knows who you are or she knows who you are. There, there's a relationship built right there. And then the next thing you know, that if you're going back to your neighborhood and something's stirring up, you're going to say, well, I'm not going to do anything because somebody knows yeah. me. You know, I've Relationships, built, right? I've built That's that relationship. relationship. Yeah. And, and I saw it working and it worked like a charm. It worked so good that they... We had off-duty police officers everywhere. And then, you know, some stuff went down in 2004, and there was, you know, some corruption allegations, and um, the city was uncomfortable with um, having businesses 
pay cash to police officers, which is fine. I get that. But I feel that the whole program, because of the negativity that came forth with the 2004 article, and the Star, the whole program kind of got forgotten about. And now we're seeing the effects of what happened when we took private police officers off the street. Because it wasn't coming out of public money. It was coming out of the businesses were paying the police officers. And it made a difference. And it didn't make a difference in policing. It made a difference in community policing. And that's where it, it, it worked. And that's where it was, you know, it was night and day. You know what I mean? You'd walk downtown on a Saturday night, you would know six police officers, six, seven police officers. And here I am, 20, 21 years old as a DJ, and every corner I went to, whether it was a like Cadillac Jacks or Cheetahs or Wired or Bentleys, I knew the police officer that was out there, and everybody knew them. You know, so it was this this really good system that really worked. And, you know, I talk about it now, I say to myself, like, if there's red tape, if there's not enough money, whatever the situation is to get it back, I want to try my best to get it back because I saw it work with my very own eyes. Yeah, Um you know, I agree. Like, and you know, when you get to the, you know, the base of it, it's our presence, right? Having that, that consistent presence. Um, but like you said, you know, things have changed even since, you know, that, you know, that article, like you said, what had happened, you know, things happen and, and change needs to happen because things evolve. Um, you know, but like you said, policing's different now. Um, uh, we do more, right. Um, and, you know, and to have an officer, you know, at one place, you know, what do you say to the people saying that officer's there with that presence when something else is happening here? Because, uh, you know, we're dealing with homelessness, mental health. Um, you know, we're dealing with, you know, neighbor troubles. We're dealing, there's so many different levels. Um, you know, I've been to some meetings sometimes and like, we need more of you. And I was like, we, we'd love for there to, to be more of us. But, you know, we, we do have, we're a service, right? Um, and we know those businesses want that service too, but those often, you got to speak to the community to be like, but I need those criminal things to be taken care of. Um, you know, what do you say to those people? Hire more and pay more. Hire, hire, hire more, more and pay more. You know, like yeah. I, I honestly, I look at policing as like professional athletes. Like if there's people out there that want to be police officers and they're good at their job and we have the money to pay them, let's pay them. The return is ridiculous. The return on investment is Imagine, you know, and to me, that's how I think as a business person, just give them more money, pay them more, hire more. It works. It's working. You know, I've seen it work with my own eyes. So I feel that that is the direction that we should go in is, you know, and people say, oh, more policing, more policing. No, man, stop using the term policing that it's this, this hammer over your head. It's not, you know, it's not, it's community building. It's, it's creating this, this feeling of safety and it works and I've seen it work and I know it'll work and. I'm going to push for it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I always say policing is not about, like you said, that hammer. We're, we just want to support the community. Yes. Uh, so put us in a in a supporting position. And we're always, you know, willing to be there. Um, I was on a meeting with the chief the, the other day, and he was saying, you know, if you have something and we can support it, if, if it's within our mandate and we can do it, we're there. But, you know, our mandate is still to go out there, protect the community and do those things. And if we can just be there when you need us, like, we're always open to ideas. And I, I think that's important. Um, you know, a lot of people have ideas and they don't know, don't want to implement it. I always say, yeah, that's great. So how are we going to do it? Because yeah. sometimes people have those ideas and now you've put yourself in that position. Like I have the idea. Now I'm going to move forward with it. Like, you know, people always presenting stuff like that. So who are you going to be dealing with? Cause I don't think people know how the processes work. Right. And I think you put yourself in this position, like you said, because you started being at these meetings, you're like, all right, how do I get this to work? 
what's your next step? I think well, my next step is to meet with the powers that be and have organic conversations. You know, I want to sit down with the chief. I want to sit down with the police. I want to sit down with other counselors. And I just want to have these organic conversations, not with a camera on, not with a microphone on, and say, listen, I got some ideas. You know what I mean? I've seen some stuff. I've been around a long time, and I got some ideas that I think might work. Do you guys want to talk about them? Well, I think now you have to talk about them because now I'm a city councilor, right? So yeah. I've put myself in this position now with support of the residents of Ward 3 to ask some questions. And that's my next step is to really say, okay, you know, I'm a numbers guy. So first thing I want to see is what are the numbers? You know, what are mm-hmm. the statistics? Let me see where we're at. And then if I take these numbers and I say we're at this rate for this certain thing, how do we, inc- how do we bring that number down? You know, what can we do? And, you know, it, it's... It's just there's so many little things that I've done myself or I've seen myself because I've been able to be lucky enough to put myself in a position to control my environment in many ways. Whether it's at a music festival where I have 30 police officers and 50 security guards or whether it's putting an air tag in my bike. You know what I mean? Which makes a difference. And there's all these little things we could do to make a difference in this city. And You know, it's... Even with, during my campaign, you know, I had this chariot of change, I called it. It was a three-wheeler with a basket on it, and I rode it around everywhere. It got stolen three times, right? Three times it got stolen, but every single time I got it back. Every single time I got it back. And I got it back because I, I had a tracker in it, and it's the $35 tracker. And I know that bike theft is a huge problem in this city because nobody's stealing bikes and taking them to the pawn shop for the 50 bucks. Bikes are being stolen because it's a currency for drug money. Right? That's why bikes get stolen. They get chopped up and they get sold. But if we kind of shared the education and the knowledge and maybe some funding to say, hey, there's a way to track your bike. You know what I mean? The technology is there. You can track your bike now. And if it's 35 bucks an AirTag and we're paying $3,000 for somebody's sewer, I don't see why we can't pitch in 15, 20 bucks and try and get everybody this, this technology to be able to not just track your stuff, but let the bike thieves know that game over. You know what I mean? Game over now. You can't steal bikes no more. Now, are they going to go on and start stealing something else? Sure, it's a possibility. But I, 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 I believe in that kind of stuff because it's worked for me. You know, I get my bike stolen. I pick up the phone. I call the police. And they say, okay, well, where's your bike? I tell them exactly where it is. It's on Glengarry. I say, you want to go get it? Sure, let's go get it. All right? So we knock on the door. Officer knocks on the door. There's a bike in there. No, there's not. Shows him the phone. Oh, I don't know how it ended up here. At the end of the day... I got it back, and at the end of the day, those thieves now know that can't touch that. Yeah, you, so you're talking about a lot of things. You're talking about um, education for the community, um, you know, support and services. Um, you know, your area brings a lot with it, like you said. Um, you're going to be doing a lot. You're talking about grants. You're talking about funding. Yep. Um, you're going to be dealing with, you know, the hospital, the city. Like you said, you want to sit in those rooms and, and, and make it organic, Um you know, I, I, I wish you luck, you know, yeah. and it, I get it. You know, we're, we're, we're doing that and, and we're, we're hoping, you know, through working together. And I like how you said organic because, um, you know, sometimes people want to regiment it, right? Um, but I, I think those, those meetings sometimes, you know, I'm not in those meetings, but I always say, ask the questions, what can I do and what can't I do? All right. And this can't, is there ways around it? Yeah. That's, that's big. And, um, as a counselor, you're going to be a- asking a lot, of, a lot of those questions. Yeah, and I'm, I'm lucky because I've, I've, in a way, I've already have, have had that happen to me so many times. I've had it happen to me so many times in my history of dealing with this city, but I always found a way. 
And I'm not your typical politician. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go out there and, 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 you know, play the Instagram game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's not me. I want to get stuff done. And if I get credit for it, that's great. If I don't get credit for it, I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm here to get things done, and that's what I've always done. You know, and I just want to get stuff done and make things better and help people, right? And to me, that's the thing. And when it comes to dealing with the city, like, they're not hard people to work with. I remember going into a meeting, man, it was probably 2012, and I um, you know, anytime we want to put on these major events, we sit at a table and, you know, the risk risk management is there, Windsor yeah. Police is there, EMS is there. And we're all sitting at this table and they say, Mr. Agostino, what do you got planned for this year? I said, well, I want to bring in the chain smokers and I want to do a party called Life in Color. And they're like, oh, well, what is Life in Color? Oh, people are going to be walking around with little jars of paint and throwing at each other. I'm like, they're like, What? I'm like, yeah, it's the world's largest paint party. So basically, for 10 bucks, you get a jar of paint, you get to throw it at people. There's going to be EDM music playing in the background, and we're going to be shooting paint off the stage. And everyone in the room just looks at me and says, hell no, hell no, there's no way, there's no way. And then, you know, we get, in, we get into these, and then I start working the angles. I'm like, well, you know, they do it in Los Angeles, they do it in Chicago, yeah. and then we get, like, we get to the point where finally I've convinced the city to say yes, and now it's like, well, what are the police officers going to wear so the uniforms don't get dirty? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, dollars and cents, that, it comes down that's to That's what it. we're getting to, right? So we're getting to all these little things, and then they're like, well, is there any way you can give us cues for when the paint's going to go off so our officers can stand out of the way? So it's like it's working through the channels, and it's, it's building relationships and building trust with people that know who you are. You know, Mark was sitting at the table for that meeting, and Mark was the first person to step up for me and say, yeah, I've known Ronaldo for 20 years. Let's just listen. You know what I mean? Let's try and figure it out. And it even comes down to stuff like, you know, I, I, I was criticized. I wouldn't say criticized, but I was challenged during the, uh, the campaign because I suggested that I wasn't too pleased with the safe injection site. You know what I mean? And I'm not against the safe injection model. And uh, people are like, well, you know, of course, politically, people use it against you. And they say, don't vote for that guy because he doesn't want a safe injection site. I'm like, I never said that. I was the first person. I remember sitting at one of the same meetings uh, with the city and the police and fire and EMS. And I suggested bringing in, um, uh, in the States, the partners, the partners that I used to work with that are now Live Nation started doing uh, MDMA testing at their events where there would be like a booth where kids would, you know, if they were taking Molly, you'd be able to bring it to the tent and they would test it and tell you it's good or not. And I suggested, I said, can we do this in Windsor? And I, like, oh, no. Uh -huh. <laughs> a little bit ahead of your time there. Yeah, yeah. I was a little ahead of the time, yeah. But now, you know, with safe injection sites, I'm, I'm not against them. I just don't like where it's going. I think we could do better with it. So those are, you know, those are a lot of the ideas that I want to bring to the table. And I, I, it's all about working with people. It's all about talking to people the right way. It's all about respecting people. And it's all about listening to people. You know, and then once you listen, if you got a problem with something I say, I'm going to listen to you because once I listen to you and I hear what you got to say, then I can work around it and I can figure out what your problem is, how to solve it. And unless I'm listening, I got no chance. I got no chance. There it is. There it is. I like how you sum that all up, bringing everyone to the table and talking about it, you know, listening to everyone, allowing them to get it out and, you know, not cutting people off and, I think you're going to have a career that's going to have a lot of those conversations, but with that attitude, um, I think your award's going to be 
you know, happy with you. And I'll tell you, as a police officer being in service, you're not going to please everyone, but as long as you have that right thing where you're talking about supporting people, yeah. you're going you're gonna to do great things, you know? Uh, anything else you want to leave to your constituents, even all of Windsor, like? Yeah, I just, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a new day. You know what I mean? It's a new day. It's a new chance for many, many, many years. You know, uh, uh, we've been hearing so many things, not just about downtown, uh, not just about the west side. You know, we've been hearing all this negativity and all this hate and all this anger and, you know, we, we get so much of it. But I feel today we're like uh, this white canvas stretching across the city and there's only opportunity and things can only get better. And I think it's time for, we'll use the term, the haters. I think it's time for the haters to look at themselves and say, I'm not going to hate anymore. I'm going to help. Because if I can help, then we could take Windsor from being here to here. Because, you know, the mayor said it best anymore. We're no longer a big, small city. You know what I mean? We're no longer a big, small city. We're now a small, big city. And that's where we got to go. And that's where I want to see Windsor go. You know, because the opportunity here, you know, you're not from here. You see it. You come here from Toronto, you're like, man, it's warm here, right? I can go see the NFL, even though it's the Lions, it's still the NFL. You know what I mean? I can go to a, a Pistons game for 25 bucks. You know what I mean? You just, you're not getting that in Toronto. You know, you're not getting that. And, you know, you're, you're not, there's, there's room to grow here and there's room to do something special. And there's really, really, really good people here. And the kids are good here and the schools are good here and the people are good here. And it's time for Windsor to really step up and take its place as being one of the best cities in the country, you know, and I feel that it's time for, and I, I'd love to start downtown. You know, I'm not using, I'm, one of my big things is I want to get rid of ward. You know, everyone talks about the city like in wards, yeah. and then they're like, why does nobody vote? I'm like, nobody votes because we talk about our community like it's a Florida hospital. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not going to get behind Ward 3, but if I tell you you're going to make a difference downtown, you're all in. But if I told you you, you want to make a difference in Ward 3, you're like, uh, I don't yeah. even know where Ward 3 is. You know, but in Toronto, they don't call downtown Toronto Ward whatever. No. They call it downtown. downtown. That's right. You live on Dover Court and Bloor. You live on College and Oz and, and, and Dufferin. You're downtown. You know, but for some reason in Windsor, we have this, like, downtown's like this dirty word. You know what I mean? The west side's like this dirty word. Enough. You know, enough of that. It's time to move forward, and I'm going to be the, um, I'm going to be the, the button. You know what I mean? I'm going to push that, and that's, that's all I'm here to do. All right, there it is. The canvas is there. Ronaldo has the paintbrushes, and he's calling everyone in the city to bring theirs too, and let's paint this city together something new. So thank you for being on 519 Connect with me. Uh, you can find us on all your platforms, and I want to thank Ronaldo again for being here. God bless. Thank you, everyone.